When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez. And as always, Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more and the 2023 Mazda CX-30 Carbon Edition right of the week in a few moments here. But before we do any of that, let's talk a little bit about Kellen Moore. And let's throw a question in the chat right off the bat. How would you grade Kellen Moore and how he looked on Sunday? Because the Cowboys put up 49 points. Well, there was a defensive touchdown, so maybe not all of the 49 points were on Kellen Moore's offense. But Dak Prescott looked amazing. He was spreading the ball around. He looked accurate. It looked like he was having an easy time in the pocket. He excelled when blitzed. He excelled when under pressure. And he looked just fine on Sunday. We saw CeeDee Lamb make some plays. Yeah, just the one game since Toxic Tom. Yeah, we're talking about Sunday's game. How would you grade Kellen Moore on Sunday? The game plan, the play designs, the play calls, uh, whatever you wanted to, to take into account. But, you know... Uh, I'm talking about Sunday's game here indeed. We saw Dak Prescott's legs get involved. We saw some read option in there near the goal line in other situations as well. We saw some RPOs in there, some creative run schemes. How would you grade Kellen Moore? Let's see. Kevin Knight goes with the number system. He goes with the seven. Rita says seven, eight. Uh, Sean Meyer as well, seven and eight. B minus for Bruce. Toxic goes with A minus. Uh, Jason says, I'd say seven, finally running the damn ball. B plus, Mark Andrew with the B plus, B minus for Kevin Knight, Gilbert with the eight. I'm going to give him an A. I'm going to give him a straight A because, man, there are a lot of things that I loved about Kellen Moore's game plan. And if you hear, if you hear my dog barking in the background, that's because it is Halloween night. And, you know, kids are out there ringing, ringing the doorbell and... Although I love handing out candy, I am not the one in charge of that right now. I am running the show. So that's my dog barking in the, in the back in case you, you hear him. But anyways, back to the Cowboys and back to football. I would give the, uh, Kellen Moore an A. A lot of reasons why. One of the reasons, and I want to share this with you, is the Cowboys had a problem heading into Sunday. They didn't have three wide receivers, or at least not three wide receivers that they trusted more on that and Jalen Tolbert later on the show because the four active wideouts were CeeDee Lamp and Michael Gallup, which obviously are a pretty good duo. But then you had Jalen Tolbert, who the Cowboys have not played significantly so far this season. He entered Sunday with only 27 offensive snaps to his name. And then there was Kevontae Turpin. And of course, he is a specialist. He will not 
uh, run a full route tree for you. So what you can do with him is likely limited. And that was a big problem for the Cowboys to solve. Just last week, they went back to the 11 personnel world versus the Detroit Lions. And now they were forced to change things up and really adjust to Noah Brown's absence. Keep in mind that on top of Noah Brown's uh, being the number three wide receiver, there are, so, uh, there are still some problems that the Cowboys have had to deal with at wide receiver throughout the season. Michael Gallup wasn't available at the start. So this wasn't new for the Cowboys specifically, but what was new was maybe the trust that they were able to have in their tight ends, especially the young ones. Peyton Hendershot, Jake Ferguson, they are trusted by this Cowboys offensive coaching staff, both in the ground game, because they're quite good run blockers, and in the receiving game. And that's why, since the Cowboys couldn't really run 11 personnel, or they could, but they had to include Jalen Tolbert, the Cowboys walked out this three tight end package, but that had Sean, uh, well, Sean McKeon was not in there at, at, at that point, but Jake Ferguson, Peyton Hendershot, and Dalton Schultz lined up out wide in three by one formations. And Kellen Moore did a lot of things out of that personnel grouping. And I'm thinking about that second offensive drive specifically where the Cowboys had CeeDee Lamb in the backfield. And let's see, let's look at some of these plays. This is pretty much the full series. You have a screen pass to the three tight end set side. You have Tolbert in there <clears throat> in, in some of those situations. But then you see just a regular slant play. You can see another screen to the three tight end side. But you also saw some solid concepts like curl flat with a hitch route over the middle. Dak Prescott gets Dalton Schultz in that one. And then you get the isolated shot to Michael Gallup. Then you hand off the ball to CeeDee Lamb, which is huge. Uh, even though that play wasn't really positive, if you want to get your wide receiver on the backfield, you better be willing to hand him the ball at some point. And then this is just how the Cowboys ended the, the drive with a CeeDee Lamb touchdown. The first time that the Cowboys had 11 personnel in there, they take a shot with CeeDee Lamb after him motioning to the other side of the field, playing with the defensive backs, leverage, and Dak Prescott finds his guy for the second touchdown of the game. But even that little wrinkle on the Cowboys offense in which, okay, you're going to play three tight ends, but you're not going to condense the entire defense near the box. You're going to actually spread them out and play with the Bears that way because you don't have an 11 personnel look to turn to since the, the since Noah Brown was not even available. Uh, I do think that this speaks volumes as to I, I do think that this speaks volumes as to how the Cowboys feel about Jalen Tolbert because he was your number three wide receiver and he wasn't featured by the Cowboys. The Cowboys, it's, it felt to me, and maybe I'm uh, I don't think that I will be alone in this. Now, it felt like the Cowboys were intentionally trying to avoid having to put number 18 on the field. And in those 25 plays in which he was on the field, he was not targeted at all. Now, that sucks to hear about the third round rookie. Uh, when you put it into perspective, uh, it's not something that you can be mad about when you have so many rookies contributing to this team. But still, uh, it is a little bit upsetting. Uh, we were hyped about that pick. I was uh, specifically, I was super hyped about uh, Jalen Tolbert 
And Floyd says, they said it's a learning curve on Tolbert. And it might be. That's that's a good news on Jalen Tolbert. You know that he has the physical traits in there to win vertically, to go get those 50-50 balls. But man, it, it has been a steep learning curve, if, if such. And that might be a little bit disappointing. You know, Peyton Hendershot, an undrafted rookie, probably also had to go through a learning curve. And I think that's what's been disappointing, just how long it has taken for uh, Jalen Tolbert to be game ready. Because I don't think that the Cowboys were expecting Tolbert to not be ready to go at this stage of the season. I think that they were expecting him to contribute early in the year. And this puts the Cowboys in an interesting situation as to uh, will they go get a wide receiver before tomorrow's deadline at 4 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Central time, or will they just uh, trust Jalen's development and maybe trust that they will get James Washington back after the bye week or something like that. But in the meantime, I loved what Kellen Moore threw out there to deal with Noah Brown's absence and with the inability to put three wide receivers on the field. Later in the game, you saw Kevontae Turpin in there, but we saw Kevontae Turpin in there in two consecutive plays at one point. In one of them, the Cowboys have a tight end in the backfield. They motion Kevontae Turpin. They uh, pitch him the ball. And then one play later, it's the same look, same formation, same motion by Kevontae Turpin, but it's a play action, and Dak Prescott finds his man in CeeDee Lamb in what was a heck of a throw on the run. And we saw a lot of that, too. Just get Dak Prescott on the move, give him the play action shots that you were giving uh, Cooper Rush as well. Uh, maybe not the exact same plays, but they did get Dak Prescott on the move consistently, and I think that that is huge. Dak Prescott was cooking on Sunday. And I think that it had to do a lot with what uh, Kellen Moore lined up for this game. The first score of the game, we saw Dak Prescott with the read option. That is a beautiful design. I, I didn't uh, load up the clip for you guys, but if you go watch it after the show is over, you will notice uh, they sent CD Lamb in motion in order to add a fake to the fake, maybe. Uh, so, you know, they... CeeDee Lamb fakes the motion in order to give the illusion of a potential handoff. And then Prescott is reading the defensive end, deciding if he should keep it or hand it off to Pollard. And then Dalton Schultz is the lead blocker, but he's coming from the other side. And it just looked clean. The Cowboys offense looked like it had answers for everything. And the thing that I love about this is that you look at the Bengals. They're playing on Monday night football right now you will see that they will not go on their center. They, will, they won't because it didn't work out for them early in the season. And that's because we, we talk a lot about predictable offenses. Let, let's, let's talk about some football theory here for a moment. Uh, humor me for a second. We talk a lot about, as football fans, we talk a lot about, oh, Kellen Moore is super predictable or this coach is super predictable. The same for this offense. What we mean when we say that I believe, is that it's not that they always run on first down and 10 or that they always run on second and seven. It's not that exactly, even though, even though those are not great decisions. But it's about giving an, a, a defense a look, a formation in a certain situation, and then being able to do a lot of the things off of that look. So your run concepts need to be tied into your play-action concepts. You cannot have a play-action pass that 
does not have a run off of it. That doesn't exist. And I think that was an issue for the Bengals early in the season. And I use them as an example because the Bengals, once more, they're not able to go on their center because when they do, defenses know a run is coming because Zach Taylor was not able to really mesh what they did in the run game and in the passing game and, and build similar, similar looks into their unit. The Cowboys are doing that beautifully. They did so uh, last uh, this Sunday. I think they did some of that also versus the Lions, even if it wasn't the cleanest of performances, especially with third down struggles. But I think that the Cowboys offense is really looking like it has a lot of answers. We saw RPOs, we saw read options, and we saw uh, Dak Prescott throwing from under center and the Cowboys running the ball well on their center. I, I thought that was pretty amazing. Floyd Wright says Parsons voiced that he wants uh, some plays on offense. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And I mentioned last night that I, I, I saw J.J. Watt do that in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. And I will not bet against it happening because he's a, he's a defensive superstar and he might get his way in one of these, in one of these games. Betsy says smooth, no hesitation about Dak Prescott. And I agree. I thought that Dak Prescott was at his most confident all season long versus the Bears. Six to midnight says we are in a great situation with these three tight ends, all who are playing very well as a unit. And they're playing very well as blockers. They're, they're dominating their blocks in the run game specifically. I have not seen the PFF grades or anything like that, but you don't see them miss assignments. You don't see them get destroyed by, by opponents. They're leading the way for a lot of these plays, even, even when they don't show up in the stat sheet. Todd says, actually, the, the receiver didn't run the route correctly. That was on CD. Oh, that was that's probably on the interception from Todd. Uh, he hesitated on one play. I remember being worried he was doing that again like Tampa, but he proved me wrong since 6 to midnight. Betsy says, 9 for 11 on third downs. That is right. And seven of those were Dak Prescott moving the chains. You know, uh, great. Now do it consistently. Says Toxic Tom, 100%. And do it against better defense, right? But so far, you got to be excited about what Kellen Moore showed on Sunday. Uh, whether or not it will show up again consistently remains to be seen. But I, I, I would be willing to bet that it will because I'm seeing an offense that has answers to a lot of different situations. Now, the talent level are pretty different. I think that the Barisari defense that the Cowboys were able to manhandle a little bit, uh, sort of like when the Cowboys faced the Broncos in 2021, when you just saw a team that was more physical and stronger than the other. I think that we saw something uh, the, the opposite way now for Dallas. The Cowboys just bullied the Bears when they were running the ball and when they were pass protecting. Uh, it felt like a mismatch. And it was supposed to be a mismatch because the, the Bears are not uh, that good of a defense in the NFL so far. So, yeah, you want to see him. You want to see the Cowboys do it against better teams. But, man, I'm excited about what Kellen Moore was able to show on Sunday. So three quick takeaways from all of this conversation. The Cowboys can trust their tight ends to run some 11 personnel and to give defenses a lot of questions to answer because how do you match up exactly against a 
formation that has three tight ends spread out on one side. How do you match up with that? Do you put linebackers on them, oh, safeties? Because they're, they're dangerous, I believe, if you put a linebacker on them in pass coverage. And in those plays that we were reviewing earlier, you saw them exploit the very zones on defense quite a lot. So that's number one. And then number two, I would say, number two, I would say run read, more read option. Please give me more Dak Prescott on the move, especially on goal line situations or high red zone situations. Get Dak Prescott's legs involved because you have a talented skill position group in CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. If you include the tight ends, the Dalton Schultz and the other guys, you can generate a lot of matchup problems if on top of all that, you also have to make decisions as a defense on reading Dak Prescott in these sort of plays. I think that he can be very dangerous on that. And then finally, I would say just how efficient the Cowboys are throwing the football on their center and not just out of the shotgun. I think that will be huge for Dallas as we, as we get deeper and deeper into the season. Now, the challenge is also to keep showing more stuff, right? You, this is a league in which every single thing that you do is scouted. So do you run out of change-ups? Do you run out of, you know, tweaks here and there? Hopefully not. I think that's what we see in a lot of uh, young offensive coaches in the NFL and maybe one of the most criticized aspects of Cliff Kingsbury's offense in Arizona, for example, that drop-off that they've had over the last few years in the second half of the season. Mike is going to kill Rodgers, says Samuel Rowe. Man, that is a fun revenge game. I, I will not lie. Samuel, that is a very good comment because I had not even thought about that one. This is the is this really the first time that they face each other? Or am I misremembering another game that happened maybe in, uh, in 2020 or something? Uh, I don't know, but that's fun. That is fun. Now, all that being said, we talked about the Cowboys not trusting Jalen Tolbert, uh, but I also wanted to shout out this number, 176. 176. What do you guys think that I am talking about here? 176. This is a stat for the game. I don't think that I don't think that uh, any one of you will uh, know it because it is a very random stat. It's not even a stat really, but I'm just being a little bit dramatic. Sky's age. There you go. Says Toxic Tom. Exactly. That's exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> Rushing yards. Uh, Gregory's is almost every down. All right, maybe Gregory's closer here. 176, ladies and gentlemen, is the number of snaps, combined snaps, that day three draft picks and undrafted rookies played for the Cowboys in this game. 176 combined snaps. Peyton Hendershot, Jake Ferguson, Malik Davis, you had Demon Clark as well in there, Deron Bland. You were not supposed to survive in the NFL counting so much on day three rookies and undrafted rookies. That is not supposed to happen. And I say this for two reasons. Number one, just to give credit to what the Cowboys coaching staff is doing with the development of some of these players. And number two is... That goes to show you 
how much the Cowboys coaching staff is willing to trust its rookies and how much they kind of don't trust Jalen Tolbert. And, that, and he's a day two draft pick, so he doesn't count into those snaps. But this is not the Cowboys wanting to give a rookie time. This is the Cowboys 100% thinking that guy is not ready. And that is not to say that it will always be the case. But I think this was a reality check for those of us, and I include myself in that category, that thought that uh, Tolbert was closer than it appeared. And when it was known that Noah Brown was not going to be ready to go for Sunday, I really thought this could be Jalen Tolbert's breakout game, or at least a game in which we saw a little bit from him. He might be close. Reporters are saying that he's been having good practices and all of that. But for some reason, it's not yet. Not yet. That is the, the two words that will accompany Jalen Tolbert uh, maybe for a while now. And then after the bye week, you might get James Washington back. Uh, if Cowboys Nation gets its way, we will also see a new wide receiver from the outside. A lot of speculation going around on whether or not the Cowboys will trade for a wide receiver. Some people speculating on whether Terrell Basham could be a part of a deal. But Tolbert is going to be in a tough spot moving forward in order to get on the field. It's not, it's not pretty. It's, it's really, really not pretty. But anyways, uh, let me read some comments here in the show. And in the meantime, uh, if you're enjoying the show, do me a favor and hit the like button because every like puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans as we continue to grow the ADZ Sports Dallas community. Uh, Betsy says, Gregory, I said that Rodgers is getting old. He doesn't move so well anymore. You are right. And then, uh, the Packers offense is completely broken right now, whether it's because... They don't have wide receivers, which is true. I like Alan Lassard. He's been hurt. I like uh, Romeo Dobbs. He's played well as a rookie, but still a, a late-round rookie and with a lot of way to go. The same for Christian Watson. and They, they are injured. Uh, Lassard and Watson have been dealing with stuff. Uh, Sammy Watkins has been dealing with stuff. So a lot, of, a lot of injuries on that group. And then on top of that, the Packers have not, seemed to have adjusted yet to the way the defenses are approaching them. Michael says, safe to say that Tolbert might be a bust. Like, I'm, I understand not wanting to go there yet because it might be something that clicks at one point because once more, I think that he has the physical attributes, right? I don't think that's what's at stake here. So maybe at one point it clicks and everything uh, falls together for the rookie. But it, it's only safe to say that it's a possibility, that, that things are not going as the Cowboys planned them to go. And this is not me hating on the Cowboys' front office or, or scouting stuff and, and, or anything like that. We just mentioned how much the rookies are playing at this point. So I'm not ready to go there yet. I'm not ready to call him a bust, but I will just say this is not where the Cowboys wanted to be eight weeks into the season. Or if they thought that beforehand, then he might be the biggest star in Cowboys history, right? Like uh, it wouldn't make a lot of sense 
to claim that the Cowboys expected this at this stage of the season. Uh, maybe for a few weeks, but we're now eight weeks into it. So I will just say that this is not where the Cowboys wanted to be with Jalen Tolbert at this stage. Let's see. Joe says, I hope that Jerry gets a middle linebacker before a receiver because if we can stop the run, we're not winning a playoff game, says Joe. You guys know that I, uh, I'm i a little bit higher on Leighton Vanderish and Anthony Barr than, than most, although I will say that the run defense still has a, a, long way, a long way to go. But anyways, they may be looking to trade him, says Floyd. Man, uh, Jalen, that would be... That, that would be a surprise in a lot of ways, I think. But hey, anyways, it's time for, for a little bit of overreaction Monday before we get out of here on ADC Sports Dallas primetime, before we uh, get out of here to enjoy Halloween night and the second half of Monday night football. For those of you who are new to ADC Sports Dallas primetime, how we do this is we throw out there a few statements and then everyone says, their opinion on whether it's an overreaction or is it a fair reaction. So without any further ado, let's do some overreaction Monday. Here we go. With the first statement, we will stay with the Cowboys for a couple of this. Actually, yeah, a couple of this and then no, a few of this. This is a very Cowboys loaded overreaction Monday that I put together for you guys. Let's start with Jake Ferguson. Speaking of those Cowboys rookies. Here, here we go. Jake Ferguson is tight end one in 2023. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Let me know your thoughts in the chat if you're watching on Facebook and or YouTube. And in the meantime, I will let you know about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is the 2023 Mazda CX-30 Carbon Edition. And hear me out. This one starts at $30,290. It's got all-wheel drive, auto climate control, a sunroof, heated leather, memory power seating, blind spot monitor because safety is first, and a miles per gallon capacity of 24 when you are in the city. That goes up to 31 when you are in the highway. So make sure you check out the 2023 Mazda CX-30 Carbon Edition over at FreemanMazda.net. And as always, remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. They are a family-owned business for over 65 years. Check them out over at FreemanMazda.net. So what do you guys think about Jake Ferguson? Is he your starter in 2023? Fair reaction, overreaction. Gregory goes with fair. Joe says over. Toxic Tom says overreaction. Six to midnight says that loves him some Dalton Schultz. Let's see. Fergie number one says Betsy. Fair reaction says Floyd. Schultz only on a one-year deal and he's been hurt. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with fair reaction, not because of Jake Ferguson's play alone. I just think that Dalton Schultz will be a tough sign next offseason. And we've heard some rumors here and there about the Cowboys' plan always 
being uh, to move on from Dalton Schultz after 2022. So I will say fair reaction. It's, it's not my prediction that necessarily Dalton Schultz will not be a Cowboy in 2023, but I will just say I don't feel very confident about that happening. So I will say fair reaction. Ryan says, hi, bro. What are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers' play this year? I think that it hasn't been as bad as the media will tell you. The same for Tom Brady, by the way. Uh, different issues on both offenses. But I think that LaFleur and Rodgers are, one, needing in need of a healthier offense. And two, one tweak and one adjustment away from looking like an efficient offense once more. Because make no mistake about it, heading into week eight, they were a top 10 offense in offensive DVOA. Might not seem like that is the case, but uh, the Packers are not as bad as they seem, in my opinion. They're very hurt at the moment. They do need a number one wide receiver, in my opinion, too. They need somebody to step up, or they might be in the market for a, for a wide receiver over the next few hours. But... Uh, I, I think Aaron Rodgers has not played that bad as, as some people will tell you. He's made some throws too. But there are some schematic issues on that offense that I believe the Cowboys will be able to exploit. I don't think that there's a look-ahead betting spread right now. But I think the Cowboys open as favorites. Even though it is a road game for the Dallas. We'll see. We'll see how that uh, prediction goes. Uh, but anyways, moving on to the next question here on Overreaction Monday. Tony Pollard is running back one. Overreaction or fair reaction? Mark says, and he did say this before the question was out there. Mark says, I think that the Cowboys franchise tag Pollard next year. Tony Pollard is running back one. Overreaction or fair reaction? Let me know in the comments. Joe, watching from Italy, says over reaction toxic tom says fair i will go with fair reaction honestly i think listen i don't know what the cowboys will actually do i think that this conversation will be blown out of the water and that honestly the difference between running back one and running back two will come down to like five carries or something like that anyways but I do think that the fact that Tony Pollard is number three in success rate in the NFL and Ezekiel Elliott is 27 uh, really goes to show you that Tony Pollard can run between the tackles. But I understand how, uh, wanting to get the pass pro in there and the overall workhorse role for sick. So I'm not as mad as many people would be. I will just say uh, Pollard kind of should be running back one. But I think that the Cowboys running back duo is pretty amazing so far. Six to Midnight says fair, but I don't imagine it will happen. Rita says over. Gregory says fair, I hope. Floyd says fair. Six production has been down. And I think that Sick has played well, by the way. Ferris says Bruce featured them both. That's the way to go, in my opinion. WTF is a six, is Samuel. Smash and dash, exactly. Sean says, you need more apple than spice. Give Pollard the rock more. You seek like a fullback, says Sean. Benito says, definitely a fair reaction. So there you go. I think that there was more agreement on this one. Let's move on to the next one. You know what? 
you know what? Let's 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 spice it up. Let's spice it up here in the chat really quickly. We'll go beyond the Cowboys a little bit. The Eagles. Some of you will not like this one, but you know you can answer as you wish. The Eagles will go. I don't even need to say, do I? I don't even need to to finish the sentence. The Eagles will go 17-0. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Let me know in the comments. I will give you my answer briefly. But I want to know if somebody says fair. Because I know know most people will go with overreaction. This is a Cowboys-based show after all. But I want to see if someone has the take. Nah, everyone's going with nah, Toxic Tom. Yeah, you know, giving his username some credit. Fair team of destiny. Nah. <laughs> Floyd says over. Bruce over. Joey Cruz is over. Everyone is going with the over. Joseph says over. Joseph said over even before the question was thrown out there. Benito says definitely a very fair reaction. They're playing good football. I will tell you what. I will go with overreaction just because... I refuse to predict that any team will go undefeated. I refuse to do that. It's just very tough to do. But people are about to get this conversation going in the national media a lot and in Eagles media and everything. And I got to tell you, I can kind of see why. When When push comes to shove, I think that the Cowboys will be favored in week 16 when they host the Philadelphia Eagles. Other than that, I don't know if the Eagles will be underdogs for any other game. They've got Houston. Let me read off the schedule real quick for the Eagles. They've got the Texans. They've got the Commanders. They've got the Sam Ellinger-led Colts. They've got Aaron Rodgers. They've got the Titans, the Giants, the Bears, Cowboys, Saints, and Giants. There are some losable games in there. Don't make the, don't get me wrong. There are some losable games in there. And this is the NFL. Even the easiest of games can be an L. But I think that they will be favored in each of their last game, in each of their last few games, except the Cowboys game in December. I think the Cowboys will be favored when they play at AT&T Stadium, Floyd. Now, that doesn't mean that they will go undefeated, as I said. But it goes to show you that they kind of have a chance at it. But of course, as Toxic says, uh, they do have to play the game. Just trying to illustrate that they do have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL, as expected since the beginning of the season. That's not taking credit away from them, because that, that would be... Pretty biased to do so. The Eagles are playing good football. But then this takes me to another question and the final of tonight's overreaction Monday. It is a similar uh, question or along the same lines. Are the Dallas Cowboys the number two team in the NFC right now? Is that an overreaction or a fair reaction? And if it is an overreaction, 
who are you putting in front of the 6-2 Dallas Cowboys? This one, this one will be interesting to read the answers to. Joey says, I see three or maybe four losses in there for the Eagles. Yeah, you, there are a lot of these games that, that are losable, that are losable for sure. All right. The Cowboys are the number two NFC team right now. Overreaction or fair reaction. Toxics is over. And then we've got six to midnight. Joe, Sean, Mark, Gregory going with fair. Samuel says behind the Niners and the Bucks. Niners in the conversation. I won't disagree to that. Even more so with Kyle Shanahan at the wheel. Vikings is Toxic Tom. You know, based on the record at least. Toxic Tom is right. Fair with their defenses. Joy Rita says fair as well. I am going to go with fair reaction as well. Not even going to lie to you. And I know... A win streak kind of clouds your judgment, but also I don't I don't know if the box will bounce back. I don't know if that's a good team. And Tom Brady it doesn't suck. That that's dumb. That storyline is dumb. But I will tell you what the reality is for Tampa Bay right now. That offensive line is not getting better unless they add somebody. They're healthy now up front, and they're not being able to do what they did in 2020 and 2021, which was, oh, you're going to play with two safeties up high? Let us just run the heck out of this football. They're not doing that right now. And they are suffering a lot of inside pressure right now. So I'm I'm going to go with the Cowboys being over the Bucks. I'm going to go with them being over the Packers. And that's one that concerns me because I think that the Green Bay Packers are closer to figuring things out than the Tampa Bay Bucks. Forget about the Rams. I think that the Rams right now are not it. They need to clean up a lot of stuff. Right now, I think that the Cowboys are the second best team in the NFC. I cannot put them in front of the Eagles right now. I can't. I think that the Cowboys can't beat them because, you know, uh, matchup stuff. But right now, I have to give them the respect that they deserve, which is uh, they're the number one team in the NFC, especially after reloading that way. We'll see how, how things look like when we get to December and when we have to make a prediction on that game. But to me, Dallas is the number two team in the NFC. Benito says, wow, that is definitely a hard one. I think that they're the number two team right now. We'll see what happens in December. Michael says, overreaction, not a big enough sample size right now to stand on 10 toes down on. Uh, not enough data from offense. But see, that's why that's why we call it overreaction Monday. I like it. I'm not sure we're not the number one team. So six to midnight. Oh. Yeah, I do think that Michael has a point in that the offense is the one that we don't know a lot of uh, yet. I think we know a lot about, about the defense. Yeah, they allowed a lot of rushing yards versus the Bears and versus the Lions and even the Eagles. However, they're one of the best pass defenses in the entire NFL. So that matters and that matters a lot. 
And also context matters, I believe, for some of these games in which, uh, you know, the Cowboys allowed a lot of rushing yards to the Bears. For a lot of the game, they were up more than one possession. So that matters for sure. The Cowboys are looking good right now. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here in ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I wonder if tomorrow night when we meet again here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime, I wonder if we will be talking about a new wide receiver for Dallas because there's a lot of noise out there on the Cowboys aiming for one. We'll see if, if it's real or not. History tells us that... Uh, they're not going to do it. But then you look at 2018 and you saw the Cowboys trade away first round pick for Amari Cooper. So you never know. You never know. Uh, I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you for joining me. Do me a favor and hit, <laughs> and hit the like button. Share the stream. If you're new here, consider subscribing. Mark Aaron says, best Halloween mask ever, Mo. <laughs> Get some of that. A candy corn, Moses Floyd. Yeah, we will. We, we will go. Tree, uh, trick retreating for sure. Mo dressed as a 15 year old boy. <laughs> so six to midnight. Damn, that's a good one. Uh, I gotta give you some respect. That that's definitely a good one. <laughs> there you go. We'll see if the Cowboys trade for somebody over the next 24 hours, and we will talk about it here on Prime Time at 8 p.m. Central. Uh, make sure you tune in. Prime Time, as always, presented to you by FreemanMazda.net. I will see you mañana, 8 p.m. de la noche. Gracias y adiós.